Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNL. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson. Here to talk all things Iowa State athletics. Today we're going to start off with the Iowa State football team, which will now spend its month of December preparing for a bowl game after becoming bowl eligible over the weekend with a 45-13 victory over BYU in which Iowa State was dominant and in control for what, 90% of the game, Randy, I would say, on Saturday night. And now the Cyclones are back in the Big 12 title conversation, albeit a convoluted and complicated conversation given the tiebreaker scenarios in a Big 12 that now plays an unbalanced schedule. The Iowa State men improved to 3-0 last week. The women lost Sunday to Drake. So we've got lots to talk about here today. But, Randy, let's start with that football game over the weekend. Iowa State, I think you definitively called it their best game of the season, and I don't know that I could argue. Yeah, it was. And it was, it, I mean, and you and I, I've discussed, I don't know, at some point after the game that, that it, Iowa State essentially could have named its own score, um, which was, is, that's how dominant this game, this game was. Um, right from the start, Iowa State opened up the playbook a little bit. Um, as you so correctly noted, um, there's even bubble screen or a screen middle sc- middle screen to to a tight end. In this case, Ben Bramer. Um, I, Iowa State was just was. I think I think this game showed the the differences in at least the the two teams that we've seen of of the new Big Twelve conference that Iowa that the. the 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 two teams that we've seen at least they need to hit the portal they need to recruit different kind of players and what they need are are are, are players that are that are physical and and they're just getting Iowa State physically manhandled manhandled um, BYU up front it was it was it was a total mismatch I think BYU was every bit of quick as quick as Iowa State for the most part. Um, BYU quarterback was was one of those versatile quarterbacks, and he he caused you know I could see where versatile. he could be where he could be a pain. Versatile, he couldn't throw the ball. He didn't. Oh, he didn't. He <laughs> ran the ball. He, he ran though. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. He ran. They need to find a versatile quarterback that that runs like Red Slap and passes like like um, um, Rocco. I don't know, but. Um, um, yeah, but I mean, an elusive quarterback. They and Big Twelve, Big Twelve's loaded with those. But uh, it was, it was just, it was just a mismatch right from, right from the start, um, and and obviously, seriously, right from the start with with um, um, the the turnovers in Iowa State scoring quickly. Yeah, it was a total mismatch, like it has been you know, basically for all four newcomers, basically every game that they've played this year, except for Central Florida, 
absolutely pounding Oklahoma State over the weekend, which I don't think a lot of people necessarily saw coming. But Iowa State, yeah, I mean, it was it was a mismatch. And I think, again, the, the grind of the Big 12, the physicality of the Big 12, the talent of the Big 12 is a lot for these four newcomers. Um, it'll be interesting to see if presumably the Pac-12 schools are going to be able to compete immediately at a higher level, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I think for Iowa State, the headline beyond getting bowl eligible, beyond the Big 12 standings, is that after what felt like a tick backwards or a step backwards against Kansas, you know, we were talking before the game, Randy, and my question was, is was last Saturday against Kansas the start, you know, where they hit their peak and then start a slow decline, just trying to get through the end of the year healthy and playing at a high level, which can be really hard to do, especially with a young team? Or was it more of a plateau where you're still playing at a high level, but you're maybe not getting those big leaps and bounds of improvement every week? And I think we saw this Iowa State team on Saturday show that they're not going to be dragging themselves across the finish line. They're still playing good football. And I think while that may not portend to two more victories or even a victory for the rest of the year, given how difficult the schedule is these next two weeks, I think you got to feel pretty good if you're an Iowa State fan that they're at least going to be competitive, if not a winning winning over the next two weeks, because this did not look like a team that was going to to struggle to get into December. This looks like a team that's still playing really good football. Um, and maybe in a way that we haven't seen for a few years, because last he, last year's team obviously was shutting it down after that West Virginia game. 2021 was a slog to the finish. And so really it's been since 2020 when I think they went undefeated in November that this team has been able to hold their high level of play late into the season. And this team also, while, while you were talking like that, and you're very, very correctly, it, it got me, it got me thinking um, there's a new there's a new strength and conditioning program at Iowa State right now. I wonder if that's got anything anything to do with it. I guess maybe that's something for Campbell tomorrow. Um, but uh, I mean, like you said, two years ago they slogged to the finish. Last year, I don't know whether that had anything to do with strength and conditioning or not, but but they it was it was just essentially shut down. But this year, I've, have there been really any serious injuries? For example, Iowa State manhandled a team on the road. Um, actually, I can say I might be able to make a case for Baylor as well. Um, but at least manhandled a team on the road at BYU in altitude um, that, that, that people were thinking that Iowa State would have trouble with. I think I don't know whether we're giving enough credit to um to the job at the strength and the recaging the strength new strength and conditioning. I I that's been a huge difference. Like I said, there haven't been significant um injuries. I it, what's the most significant injury right now what Jeremiah Cooper is going through, I maybe I think. And once again <clears throat> once again we heard that that he was just close to playing. Um and I'm sure tomorrow we'll hear that he's 50-50, which we've been hearing for a while. But regardless, um, yeah, this is this is this is a team that 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 I did not get the impression from talking to players after the game Saturday. At, at, you know, same time you were, and we'll be talking to players tomorrow. And I doubt if I'll get the impression either that 
that this is this, this is like what you said and very appropriately a slog to the finish this is this is a, a, um, a new pep in their step this is this is something that that this team really is is a year away two years away from being where I thought it would be right now but for this team to even be in the conversation of the Big 12 championship game and yes it's probably it's probably well it's not probably it is a long shot but for this team even to be in that conversation and and I remember us talking a while back about how the, the month of November needs to be relevant it is and December is relevant as well so um yeah this is this is nothing like the finishes that we've seen at least the last two years <clears throat> Yeah, and in terms of the Big 12 title game, like obviously it's worth talking about and it's worth mentioning, but the the tiebreakers are pretty complicated and convoluted, as I'd mentioned earlier with the unbalanced schedule that Iowa State could win out and still not make the Big 12 title game uh, because of a multi-way tie and because of the way that the unbalanced schedule lends itself to tiebreakers. It gets pretty complicated pretty quickly. So with two games left, Probably not worth going into huge detail about what needs to happen for Iowa State to get into the Big 12 title game, but obviously they got to win their football games, and that's going to be really difficult starting this weekend with a Texas team that's not playing great football, but is still op- you know operating at a high level, and I think, in my opinion, controls its own destiny to make the college football playoff. Yeah. I don't think a one-loss Texas team is going to be held out. One-loss Big 12 champion Texas team is going to be held out of the college football playoff as things stand. Uh, so they've got a lot to play for. But they look, I don't know if vulnerable is the right word right now, but they certainly don't look impenetrable. That would probably be the way that I would phrase it. And, and if Jeremiah Cooper plays this weekend, as Matt Campbell alluded to the fact that he would after the game on Saturday, I think Iowa State's got a fighting chance, Randy. Like They are a touchdown-plus underdog at home, so it's not like this is even a coin flip game for them. But you could see a world where this breaks well for them on a cold November night at Jack yeah. Trice Stadium. Like crazier things have happened under those circumstances. That's, I was just going to go there with you. Yeah, it's going to be chilly. I mean, it's going to be a nice during the day, cool. But seven o'clock at night, it's going to start. It's going to start turning. We know how cold it was um, Saturday night in in uh, in Provo. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be chilly. Um, it, let's, and we know that the, the whole atmosphere at Iowa State in night games, I'm sure they'll bring the, the fireworks back out. Um, I doubt that Iowa State will hit, use the black uniforms, but, uh, you know, possibly who knows, but, uh, and let's not forget it's senior night. I don't know how many seniors they have, not very many, but nonetheless, that's always, that's always something that revs up, that gets people revved up. Um, that's speaking of that, I don't, I wonder how many seniors there are. There's not. There's not all that many, but it, but regardless, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be another electric atmosphere and I'll be surprised if it's not a sellout. Um, and Texas has Ewers back now, the quarterback, Quinn Ewers. So it's a, they're a different team with him, I think not. So they'll have him back. And like you said, they're on a, they're on their destination is not necessarily the big 12 championship game. Their destination is, is also more important to them, the um, college football playoffs. And I think it's interesting dichotomy there, there where the Big 12, Brett Yormark, it's a it's a nightmare for him 
to have Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Yet, by golly, come on, we want we want the Longhorns in the in the in the college football playoffs so we we can get that last last bit of money out of out of them. But uh, yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to to um, to Saturday night um, at, at Jack Trice. I'm not quite looking forward to a seven o'clock game, but dude, that's I would not be surprised if if a week from Saturday at Kansas State's a seven o'clock game. Why not? Iowa State's been playing late games lately, so um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be uh, um, a, a very good game. Iowa State has, you know, I I still say Iowa State's players are so young they don't they don't know that they're not supposed to be in games like this that they're not supposed to be there be this far this season. So I'm 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 probably looking forward to this game as much as I've looked forward to any game in a long time. Yeah, and to me, it'll be interesting to see what. Iowa State's running game looked as good as it has yeah. all season on Saturday against BYU. And as you mentioned, Iowa State absolutely won the battle up front. They averaged six and a half, just short of yards per carry. Sama had a couple of big ones, including that 59-yard touchdown run. Eli Sanders had a nice game. Like Sanders maybe had the best game in terms of consistency, even more than with Sama's big runs. Like Sanders was just ripping off chunk play after chunk play. Norton was good. The question is, is how do they do against that Texas defense, which is the best in the Big 12, you know, both in total defense and against the run? Can that sustain? I think that that question, and probably not sustain, but can it be can it be an effective running game is probably going to go a long way in deciding who wins this football game on Saturday night. Because if Iowa State has to go pass only or pass first to a higher degree than we've even seen them to at times this year. I don't think that's the way they want to play on Saturday night. Yeah. But let's not forget. We've seen, we've seen Iowa state play well and beat Texas in Ames, um, in Ames before. So I don't know. I, I, that's, that's a great point. Um, the, the, the Iowa state's the Iowa state hasn't played against a defense like this. Um, it, it's, I don't know, maybe since I don't know, I don't, I haven't looked at the defensive ratings in the, in the country. Um, so I don't know where, where the T- Iowa state's opponents are in relationship to the top five or top 10 defenses are in the country, but, but certainly Iowa state's not going to be able to do just one thing. They're not going to be able to just throw the ball all the time, or they're not going to be able to run it all the time. This is a, this is a different breed here of, 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 of animal that Iowa state's going to be playing. I don't know whether this is a game where shield house just, just says heck with it. We're, we're, we're opening up the playbook. We're just, throwing caution to the wind or is this a game that they try to to stick to their to stick to their their plan which lately has been opening it up a little bit um and like like we said earlier they they we saw middle screen we've seen flea flicker one or two out of them before it didn't work but we've seen them um so that's another thing i'll be curious to see is how iowa state plans to move the ball um because it's not going to be one of those iowa state move the like you know the, the chunk play um move the chain kind of stuff because it's it's at some point it's it's Iowa State's going to have to do to do something and and Wasama now coming back after um fumbling two games ago after losing a fumble two games ago against Baylor his his um confidence has to be has to be so high that that uh that uh, um he, I could see him having another big game um, and like you said, I, I, Wasama got all the praise after the 
after the um, um, the BYU game. You're right. You're right. Sanders was the one that that uh, um, was was the dependable back there, running back. So um, I would say running backs are, are are doing well right now. The offensive line is performing at the highest that it's performed all year. Um, Rocco and his receivers are 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 are, are clicking. So. Um, the Iowa State offense is is it's been a gradual rise to to the way it's performing now, but it's performing better than it has all year, and we just see if now they can keep it up. Yeah, and I think you're seeing them push the limits, not push the limits, but push out of their comfort zone of terms of play calling and execution. You know, I brought it up with Campbell after the game, and he said that they had ran that middle screen before, but I don't remember seeing it which, I mean, he's going to know better than I am. But if they did run it, I'm not sure they did it with that motion with the the running back that's, that looked like they were trying to set up a screen to the running back. Yeah, and I thought that play design was really nice. But the the, the one that was like, okay, they're, they've taken their – Fieldhouse has seen enough for this team that he feels that they can execute at a high enough level where that pass to Noel, where you had to have the – the design was great, the execution was great with Dimitri Stanley timing his, you know, essentially a pick play to free up Noel on, I believe, third and short to go the distance for that, uh, what, 66-yard touchdown, I think, in yep. the second half against uh, BYU. I, they're they're doing stuff not only from a play-calling standpoint, but from a play-execution standpoint that we were not seeing even a couple weeks ago. And I think that speaks to Fieldhouse's growth as an offensive coordinator. It certainly speaks to the growth of this offense and its ability to execute – stuff at a higher level and maybe out of their usual comfort zone in terms of stuff they run all the time. So I think there's lots to to be excited about for this Iowa State football team these last two weeks, even if it's going to be tough. Like this Texas game is going to be rough, not rough, tough. The at Kansas State game is going to be similarly tough, um, which we won't know that game time, Randy. I don't know if you saw until Sunday. So yeah. don't make any Thanksgiving plans yet. Um, but <laughs> sorry, that's cyclones, already done. <laughs> the Cyclones have put themselves in a really nice position here these last two weeks. And again, like we talked about for the last couple of weeks, to have the bowl eligibility just done and taken care of. Now that now they're playing for something rather than they're playing for beyond just table stakes or the the minimum of a, being able to plant your flag on a successful season. And I think that's huge for them. They're at the point now where they can where they can uh, scoreboard watch a little bit. Also, I mean. Fans can at least because a lot of things have to happen. Like you said, Iowa State can win out and not not get in the, the Big Twelve championship game, but that's where it starts. It starts with winning out. Um, then they're going to need help. So, um, just see what happens. I'm playing at seven o'clock on Saturday night. Everything is going to be pretty much laid out there for you by the time by the time you get to at least halftime. Um. So yeah, I mean, this is the more we talk, the more. The more anticipatory, I'm, you know, this this whole game is 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 getting is becoming, um, and how how real it is is that with with two games to go, Iowa State's in a position where, after last year, after four and eight last year, there's no way we would have been talking. We we should be talking about things like this, and especially with what's going on off the field and with the youth of this team. Um, big time credit to to Campbell and 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 the staff and the and the leaders of 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 this team. This is the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and fourteen sixty KXNO. When we come back, 
We'll talk some more Iowa State football and talk a little hoops as well. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. If you missed any of our first segment, be sure to check us out wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour and you will never miss a moment of this. I don't know if we're award-winning, but uh, maybe just uh, fantastic radio. <laughs> Andy, I don't know. Um, I would anyway. say now bowl eligible. I'm our NCAA tournament guy, Randy. You're my bowl guy. <laughs> what are what is Iowa State looking at in terms of potential bowl locations? With the caveat that the the aperture is pretty wide open here, I would imagine, given Iowa State's ability to make a college football pl- uh, excuse me the Big Twelve title game, uh, that they uh, the bowl could be something pretty shiny and bright, or it could be less than that. Let's look. Okay, we've got to we've got to uh, we've got to agree here on something though. Okay, we can look at the bowl game in in one way, like Iowa State wins the Big Twelve championship or goes to the Big Twelve Big Twelve um, title game, which I which right now to me, quite honestly, is is a long shot. So let's look at let's look at the bowl scenario um, in that Iowa State um, will not go to the Big Twelve championship game. That Iowa State will at worst will at least. Will at least split its its last two games. I think what that does that's put that puts them in in um, contention for right around the the, um, the Texas Bowl possibly or the Liberty Bowl or what's now called the guarantee what is it the guaranteed rate bowl, which is um, which is the old uh, um, Insight Bowl, which isn't bad, which isn't bad whatsoever. It's in Arizona. Um, I think it puts it right in right in there somewhere. Um, what it, it, I don't have a I don't have a called up for right now, but but the, what's the bull in Shreveport now called? I don't even know what it's called. Is that the responder bull? Maybe I don't know what it's called. The Shreveport. There's bowl? a bull in Shreveport also. Yeah, that is. What the is it? Radiance Technologies Independence. That's, yeah, oh, Independence. Uh, I didn't, didn't know that I didn't one read, off the top. Of your I didn't head. read. Yeah, I've, I've only covered two of them. Yeah, um, I didn't read far enough. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that could be in there too. But um, if I was still does not win any any more games. I would say um, they they would be we're look, we could be quite looking at the at the Armed Forces Bowl, the the, the Responder Bowl, or 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 Shreveport. And of those of those, I would think Shreveport would be the most likely. And let's not let's not get all hung up either about um, about placing about the placement of, of bulls. It's it's. It's once you're once you're bowl eligible, and once you're once you're not, once it, it's known that you're not going to be in the football championship game, and that you're only going to have one team go up, meaning that one New Year's Six bowl, then then the other bowls get to pick, and and it's not it doesn't go doesn't have to go according to standings, it does at the top, but when you get to the bottom of the bowls, the bowl pecking order, the lower li- of the list of bowl pecking order. Then you're starting to mid to the bottom. Then you're starting to look at fan, at fan travel. Who's going to go where? What fans are going to go where on what day that the, the bowl is, um, and 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 things like that. That's why I think TV Arizona was involved. I mean, yeah, and like they don't want to totally like make the conferences mad where you're totally jumping teams because that gets people within the league upset. But for the most part, they've got a lot of freedom there, right, Randy? They've got a, a lot of freedom, and we've yeah. seen. 
Yeah, and we've seen before. I mean, every year there's there's teams, not necessarily in the Big Twelve, but but in other bowls, uh, other conferences where that where the teams get jumped and 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 administrators come out and get really really irate. So, um, yeah, and I think one more thing. I know we're trying to go quicker on this deal, but but one more thing is 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 that I don't think Iowa State would have any players opt out of the bowl game. These guys are too young. They're not going to. They wouldn't have anybody opt out of a bowl game either, which is becoming a, 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 a situation these days. Yeah, lots of opportunity, lots of options, lots of possibilities still on the table for Iowa State football in terms of where they could land for the postseason. Not thinking postseason in basketball yet, but for the Iowa State men, they're off to a promising 3-0 and start. I imagine they're going to continue to run through their schedule to at least they get to Orlando next week, but Randy, we missed the we were not in attendance for the game yesterday because we were coming back from Provo. But Iowa State basketball continues to take care of business and look pretty promising offensively. Yeah, excuse me. And and what to come off of of, of three games in a, in a week with with this team in the first week of the season that was that's pretty impressive. Um, of the and I think we all knew that. Um, Yesterday's opponent would be the the best opponent of of the three. Idaho State would be, um, and I think we also kind of figured out that this was be a, be an opponent against whom Iowa, for reasons like I just said, the fact that that they played a lot of games in in a in a short amount of time, that this that this team would be that that this game would be the least impressive for Iowa State, and and it was. I mean, just looking at the at, you know the box scores and. and um, things like that, but it, but it was nice to see to see that other players, Trey King, Trey King, for example, um, sixteen points in twenty minutes. That that's that's pretty impressive. And um, and, and uh, um, you know, Keyshawn playing well too. Yeah, the uh, the women had a harder time over the weekend, and certainly they were in playing a, in much more difficult circumstances, playing on the road at a Drake team that's projected to be among the best in the valley. Uh, the women come up short at the Nap Center yesterday. Certainly, I don't think there's a reason to panic on that side of the the Sukup basketball complex. But you know, that was a tougher early season test uh, than the men have seen, certainly. But a a good test, I would imagine, for Bill Fennelly's pretty young squad. Yeah, this is this is going to be a tough season for for the defending Big Twelve Conference champions um, with the the situations they've got going on on the roster right now. It's- yeah, with Izzy's very young team. Stepping away Audie Crooks, Audie Crooks played well for the season. We heard uh, leaving the team essentially. Uh, so yeah, they've got that's what six yeah. transfers off of last. It was year. nice to see Audie Audie Crooks play play well. She, um, I think she got twenty or so. Um, so and Drake was not a you know it, Drake's a very a very good team. So Iowa State down early in the game. To, Iowa State to come back and make a game of it. That had to be that at least leaves a good feeling in in um, on the minds of the players. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. For Randy Peterson, I'm Travis Hines. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. 
Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.